Hello, welcome to the Good Growth Podcast. We welcome back two former guests to the show, uh, both retail experts, to discuss and analyse the state of play in retail, both online and on the high street, following two rather turbulent years for businesses. We're going to address how consumer behaviour has changed over that time, uh, as well as visiting the rise of sustainability in shopping, and a look ahead to what we can expect into 2022 and beyond. Uh, so a warm welcome, firstly, to the CEO of LK Bennett and Chairman at Good Growth, Darren Top. And also the Global Operations Director at Fatface, Mark Wright. I'd like to open this up a bit, obviously, with, I suppose, the, the environmental focus was certainly on businesses and governments over towards the end of last year with COP26, particularly around online shopping, particularly, particularly fashion as well. Customers have lots of options to receive their orders and whether they want yeah. to the same day, you know, they can pay, they can have these monthly subscriptions, unlimited free deliveries. But we're certainly seeing more environmentally conscious consumers as well. Um, I'm actually going to change that and come to you first, Darren, on this. Um, To what extent do you see sustainability playing a part in the consumer mindset going forward, particularly when they're choosing not just what to purchase, but who to purchase from? I think this is going to be the big challenge for retailers in the future. And the reality is we are all pretty poor at this, in my view, because just the nature of what we do is makes it difficult. It's a bit like, you know, the airline industry is difficult to be green. You know, th- what we do makes it complicated. And the reality of it, Dan, is there's quite a lot of greenwashing going on, in my view. And when you think that most of what we sell in the UK is made in China, and, and that is not round the corner, <laughs> yeah? And our control of the way some of it is done or not done um, makes some of this really tricky. And it's quite interesting because... I think one of the challenges it are here is that actually our clothes have become just too cheap. Mm. So when I was your age and I bought a wool suit from Marks and Spencer, you know, they used to sell an Italian wool suit and it was £199. You know, 35 years later, it's still £199. That, well, that just mm. can't be right. That I mean, you know, now it used to be made in Italy. It's not made in Italy anymore the MS suit. So this is, and this is one of the challenges. So, and if you look at, you know, you know, LK Bennett happens to be in a different space because of the, you know, but, but look at the prices we charge compared to what, you know, we don't sell a pair of, you know, we sell a pair of ladies court shoes for 225 pound, you know, that's our basic court shoe. Well, you know, that's, you know, most people in the UK wouldn't choose to spend that kind of money or couldn't choose to spend that kind of money on a pair of shoes. But they are, are made in Italy. So, you know, 75% of the products I sell are made in the UK and Europe. I do make silk in China. Um, but this is going to be this is going to be really tricky for us all because, you know, I sell leather. I sell, you know, all my shoes are leather. You know, so I think businesses starting to get their head around some of this is going to be really, really challenging. And it's going to be challenging for us as well because, you know, all that, you know, online free delivery, free returns encourages, you know, people to buy more than they need and send some of it back. Well, you know, it don't go, it, you know, don't go back by carrier pigeon. Yeah, it, no. it, it's driven back and not always in electric vehicles. And, you know, even electric vehicles generate, you know, the energy comes, you know, by burning gas predominantly in the UK. Um, so listen, I think this is so. Uh, 
I think a, a lot of companies are really waking up to it. I hasten to add as well. They're starting to really. So I think there's a lot of good work being done around reducing the carbon footprint of our businesses for sure mm. um, across all sectors and in all price points. Um, but but the truth is, this is a this is a really big big challenge for any consumer-led business. Yeah, the way you sort of lay that out, the challenges are on the same level as the sort of governmental challenges in many ways, the logistics and in sort of being able to go back through the, you know, currently how you're doing things and trying to make changes here and there. It's not straightforward. It's just going, yeah, let's do that because there's so many impacts. No, and if, you know, if your business is buying a lot of products in China and there's some challenges there, you know, you've got to get it into the, I mean, all that, it, it can't happen without consuming energy, mm. you know, um, and we've become used to whether we like it or not as a country we've become used to cheap food and cheap clothes you know in real terms it, they've never ever been cheaper and actually i think one of the things we've seen is that people are buying probably a bit less but a bit better um and buying you know choosing to have a few things in their wardrobe rather than lots of things in their wardrobe but you know, my consumer slightly older. She thinks slightly different. So, you know, there's there's compete. You know, I've got two daughters in their twenties. You know, talk to me all the time about the environment, and then they'll go and buy, you know, clothes from, you know, at rock bottom prices, and and want to change them with a level of frequency that is not environmentally friendly. <laughs> you know, so there's a real contradiction here, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Mark, what are your customers? Demanding yeah. that sustainable approach from you as well. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think I think uh, Darren hit nail on the head that, that that it's it you know any fashion business that is selling clothes in it in its own uh, existence, we need to be careful. There's not a contradiction um, mm-hmm. because you know, fact, but but fat face is not fast fashion. So if, so if I refer to it, I'm really proud. One of the reasons I I love where I work at the moment is fat face is really committed to this. So you know, it started working with the Ethical Trade Institute in. 2008 it set up its own foundation in 2009 that foundation um is fundraising we now have two shops based in haven't near headquarters uh the the foundation itself has raised more than a million pounds for charitable causes um since that time and you know the reality is we we make and sell clothes, or we, we source and sell clothes we those are sourced through 170 partners based in 13 different countries in the world uh not predominantly uk or nearby as darren said but i think now it's about making long-term commitments and it's about providing choice i don't i don't think you can preach on this to, to darren's point on greenwashing i think the important thing is that there's real um authenticity to it so we are really honest with ourselves about what we're doing so we've you know just before christmas we announced a partnership with the national forest so we've announced a 75-year partnership with the National Forest that will see 600,000 trees planted in over 40 hectares. Um, and that's part of our long-term commitment. We'd already, in our sustainability pledges two years ago, uh, committed to go carbon neutral by 2025. Um, all of our stores um, are run on uh, renewable electricity. Um, we are looking at every part of our operation, but doing that and balancing cost, as Darren said, is really difficult, you know, particularly the shift to e-com, because 
what customers say they want and how they behave are very different. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the expectation around, I want it delivered now, whatever it is, whether they really need it uh, delivered immediately, given we are a casual-based retailer, is, is interesting in itself. Um, but I think providing choices is is the way that certainly we as an organisation looking. So we, st- we started working with an uh, organisation called Thrift, Thrift Plus, um, which is about... Um, being able to um, resell a product that customers have loved, but is, is still in great condition and can be used for good causes. So, so we partnership with Thrift. We give customers the choice to opt to get a bag sent to them, and we can also provide them in stores. We've had nearly 3,000 customers take up that offer, um, and uh, 25% have chosen to give the donation straight to charity. So they don't want any money. They don't want any commission. They're just pleased that they're, you know, it's stuff that they've had enough of now, but it's still in great nick, can go on to somebody else and, and, and close somebody else at, at great quality. So I, I think for me, it's about choices. And that's the way I keep looking at this now. Um, you know, and probably into, you know, we, we all project how we live our lives personally and thinking about this, but you, you can't ignore for it, be it David Attenborough on Green Planet through to the impact of, of, of the COP forum. Sure. You know, it's very real, isn't it? It's very real. Sure. So I, I, I think doing it in a way that's not preachy, but explaining. And, and I think the cost pressure bit that Darren mentioned is is the hardest one. You know, for the consumer, uh, I, I think as, it, as sort of um, awareness builds, again, people will realise you, you, you can't have your cake and eat it. You've got to consider the impact. It's, and it's, I think it's really interesting because, because I think customers are thinking differently as well. So, you know, we launched what we called LK Borrowed in the yeah. back end of the summer, which is basically a rental service, for want of a better word. You can you, you get a couple of items a month to rent. They come back to us, we clean them, and they, and, and they go back to customers. I mean, 10 years ago, nobody would have, people would not have bought, in effect, second-hand clothes. Because that's what that is. It's you know, you know, people would not have done that. Certainly not in our market. They would not have done that. So there's definitely there's definitely a move, and and everyone's starting to have an impact. So, you know, while I think you know people can be critical of the fashion industry, and I think it's fair, and we've got to take it on the chin. Having said that, everyone from the high volume fast fashion all the way to you know, people selling £25,000 handbags, everybody's having a look at what they do and how they can reduce their impact. And that's got to be the right thing to do. And we've got to encourage that. And the government have got to think about how they might incentivise that and that move quicker. Um, but but as I say, I think, I think we're going to have to, you know, if, if we're going to do this in a green way, it's going to, it's going to cost everyone more money, I'm afraid. It's just a fact. It's just a it's just a fact that these things will cost more to do and to do properly it's no different than if you buy free range eggs and our battery ends i mean you know virtually nobody buys battery and eggs now they've got we've got so good at it that free range is like the normal now isn't it and it's the same you know if you want a free range chicken it's going to cost you more than a chicken that's you know that's, that's grown differently and that's going to be no different in clothing yeah and i think that also nicely links to uh, Mark's point of, of choice as well. You know, consumer behavior yeah. habits, like you said, will probably change and evolve over time. 
Using and we're all example. contradictory, aren't we? We're all contradictory. Sure. Yeah. You know, we're, you know, you know, we all want to reduce our carbon footprint, but you know, still want to go on holiday. <laughs> people want to go on holiday. People yeah. like driving four by fours, and they're not all petrol. And people like to go on lots of, you know, with the pandemic, we, most of us have not been on holiday, and <laughs> you know, we're all desperate to go and have a couple of weeks somewhere in the sunshine. So, you know, it's it, you know, this this stuff's important, really important. And, you know, I agree with Mark around personal choice and we just got to try and make it as easy as we can for them to make the right choices for their man, for the environment. I just want to spend the last couple of minutes looking ahead for this year and perhaps beyond. Mark, can you give us a look ahead into the challenges and opportunities for Fatface over the next, say, 12 months? And of course, you've now got, as you talked about last time, you're growing in the US. How might that differ between your yeah, UK uh, Irish arm of the business versus yeah, to set up in America. Yeah, that's a really, really good question. Dan. I mean, I think, I think probably the common challenges are um, first one is is consumer confidence. You know, it's just actually how we come out of this phase now and and people get back to. Uh, can't use the word new norm, but I think it's changed again because you know the the, the unexpected rise of another variant just put everybody on their toes again. But I, I think people now are so wanting to get on with their lives and find ways of, of living with some of that disruption. So I think consumer confidence is the first challenge, but I think actually people are quite fickle wherever they're based in the world and wanting the sort of herd of consumer will get back to some new patterns. So feeling that that will be a short-term challenge. I think cost remains very real, you know, because it's squeezing our customers' pockets, it's squeezing us in terms of all the things that we need to commit to. We've talked on this, on this call, be it sustainability, sourcing, online delivery expectations, all of that is putting more pressure on margins. And, and of course, retailers then got to decide what they're passing on to the customer um, and what they're taking themselves. And I, th I think that is a really big challenge. Supply chain still hasn't settled. You know, we've had a very disrupted Christmas. We had some Christmas stuff land in mid-January uh, because uh, you know, which is, it's not easy to sell kids' onesies um, uh, post-peak. Santa Claus on. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So um, I, I think supply chain is going to take a little bit of time to just settle down. And we've changed some of our seasonality and our planning um, during this year. So, so that will come through. Internationally is interesting. So um, our US performance, where we've got 20, 20 stores uh, based around New England down. And we've just um, actually during the pandemic, uh, we had signed off, but have opened three stores near Washington, which is the first time we've sort of branched into new geography they've all performed really well and the u.s business has performed stronger uh, has recovered more strongly and quicker than the uk so um that for us um up, you know up, some of our challenges out there is pure digital growth because we cannot afford and it's a big place we cannot afford to keep sort of planting flags so we've been working with direct mail to increase our reach to new customers um, challenges there include worldwide paper shortages. You know, <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you, you can't write it really every which way. But but in the US, it's very much about pure digital growth for us and how we use our our stores to promote experience um, and a British brand that sits amongst pure independence. You know, US uh, market towns and locations are very different to the uk because it's the shopping yeah. mall shopping malls have got all the brands we sit amongst local traders so that's quite There's a lot of mum and pop stores isn't they yeah. they call them 
yeah a lot of those yeah there really is and then i think um beyond that you know in ireland we're still overcoming brexit dan so it's it's, it's uh, i don't want to mention the waves of it with everything else but it's gonna say that's another it, podcast that. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah it, it, it is but you know we've not been able we've had to uh for some internal reasons and external but really limit into international beyond the us so even getting stuff in and out of ireland has proved pretty horrendous so so i think there's probably enough challenges there i am that all that said i'm optimistic because i think we will come out of this quicker i think people will enjoy social contacts and physically shopping in stores and meeting as well as they will the convenience of online so from a multi-channel point of view yeah i'm feeling feeling good about 2022 so dan what do you see being yeah. the, the key factors at play then well, well I'd, echo, I'd echo mark's optimism so i feel confident about 22 i think the back end of 20 the summer of 21 and autumn of 21 should give everyone a bit of confidence that actually you know people wanted to get back to normal pretty quickly and were keen to go to parties and weddings and wanted to get out and and, and that that's encouraging i think for all of us um and, and I'd, i you know I'd, I'd echo a lot of what mark said in terms of pressures because they're clearly there um I suppose one I would add would be around around people. I think businesses have got to think really hard about how we continue to retain and motivate our teams because this is one of the most competitive marketplaces I've seen in terms of you know people being able to go and get another job. Um, and we all thought, me included, that you know that out of the pandemic we might end up with high unemployment and you know real challenge, and we've ended up with the opposite. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's going to be a lot of infl- inflationary pressure around salaries as well. Um, but it isn't. Going to, it's not going to be just about money. And then one of the lessons we learned in the last couple of years, I think, is it's not about money. I mean, if you'd asked me two years ago, Dan, what did I think about working from home? I would have said, you know, I'm not a fan. I really wasn't a fan. And one of the lessons I've learned in the last two years is that I was wrong. You know, and actually, there's a place for it in the new world and the new future and it will help people balance you know the work and uh, and their personal lifestyles better and we should embrace that we should see that as a positive Mm. outcome of the last couple of years i think there's there's clearly a lot of inflationary pressure in the in the system and not just on people's salaries but everywhere and matt articulated that really well um because of where we source our product we haven't seen the same supply chain challenges but with my previous hats on at Arcadia, BHS, and Marks and Spencer, I know if you know if you're trying to get Christmas crackers and Christmas gifts in stores, you know, in September, it doesn't have to be very late, and it's too late, you know. So I can I can see those, even though we personally haven't had them. But um, what I would say about international, Mark specifically talks about America, but you know they say we're a nation of shopkeepers, and, and I think that's true in one sense. Actually, you know what? British brands are loved abroad because we generally do a pretty good job. And you walk up and down the high street and I look at, you know, lots of different players um, and often not, you know, plenty of them not in my personal space. And I think, you know, actually, they do a really bloody good job, these people. So we've all got a big opportunity internationally because as a country, we do this pretty well. You know, we're innovative and creative and, you know, you look online or in the high streets, there's some fantastic brands that you can see got a massive opportunity abroad. And, you know, we we feel that as I know Mark does at Fat Facebook. So will every other 
retailer. That's a big opportunity for us for sure. Plenty of reasons to be optimistic from what I'm gathering from you guys. And I would echo that as well. Um, loads to take away from this conversation. Thank you so much for your time, uh, both of you today. Great to have you on again. Uh, and yeah, thanks for thanks for joining me. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan.